God's word. Psalm 139, beginning at verse 1. O Lord, you have searched me, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from, from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you know it completely, O Lord. You hem me in, behind and before. You have laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me, your right hand will hold me fast. You may be seated. Thanks so much, Josh. We welcome Gary and Alice back from Nevada, and they want you to know that what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas, (laughs) which is good for us because we wouldn't want to see a lot of pictures of curling anyway. We're doing a series on developing some new healthy habits for this new year and habits that contribute to spiritual formation, transforming us ultimately into the likeness of Christ. And so we started in uh, Psalm 42. We talked about how to train a dragon, which meant not letting our fire-breathing moods control our lives, but how in the power of the Holy Spirit, righteous attitudes need to dominate those sinful tendencies. And then we went into Psalm 46 and we talked about how to improve our recovery time and that we need to know the biblical code that disarms our anxiety attacks. Well, in this final episode, we're going to focus on Psalm 139 and talk about how to enjoy God. I think that's definitely a healthy habit worth pursuing in this new year. So let's pray. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to be here Thank you that you are with us. Thank you that you're with Trudy. You're with all those who are your children. And because you are, we have the opportunity to enjoy being with you. So teach us, Lord, this morning how to make that more of a reality in this year. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Psalm 139 highlights three opportunities that we have to enjoy our experience of God. And the first one is all about experiencing his company. O Lord, you have searched me and you know me. You know when I sit, you know when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You're familiar with all my ways. Lord, I don't know how you do it. There are so many distractions from global crises to local tragedies? How is it possible that you are still able to give me your undivided attention? You're keeping track of an expanding universe, but you're also making sure that all things work together for our good. That must be complicated because you're constantly interrupted by free will. It's not like we're cooperating. 
We have our own agendas. And yet you still accomplish your purpose in this fallen world. How do you do that and, and still have time for each of us? Verse 6, such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. And it's not like we're making it easy. In fact, most people are running away from God's presence. They're looking for hiding places. Verse 7, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there, your hand will guide me, your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like day, for darkness is as light to you. Where can I flee from your presence? Ever since paradise lost, humanity has been hiding from God. Guilt has made us fugitives. Someone said a sinner is no more interested in finding God than an escaped convict is in finding a policeman. When it comes to divine surveillance, we try to stay off the grid, avoid eye contact. Where can I go to flee from your presence? Leave me alone. Stop following me. Clear browser history. Guilt turns our subconscious into fast, a fast and furious car chase. It's like the TV show Man Tracker. How do we achieve life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness before God catches up to us and we're busted? Running from God is absolutely exhausting. Well, the good news is that there's an alternative to guilt and fear. It's called salvation. It's what Jesus offers us based on the cross. He offers us forgiveness and acceptance. And this marvelous promise in Romans 8.1, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ. And if that's true, then God's presence should take on a totally different meaning. We don't have to be afraid. We don't have to hide. God isn't watching us in frustration with a critical eye. There's no YouTube channel in heaven where God and the angels laugh at all of our falls and fails. Even human fathers who are evil do not denounce the efforts of their toddlers when they're learning to walk. Oh no, you fell again? Come on. And you didn't stick the landing. That's a two-tenths deduction. Can't you do anything right? Oh, God is so much better than the best of us and he's filled with mercy and grace. He's not upset. He's not angry. He delights in us. He loves spending time with us. In fact, he doesn't have anything better to do. Oh, wait. I got a call. I got to take this. I'll get back to you. Uh, what do you mean Trump did it again? God never gets interrupted. There's nothing that takes his attention away from us. There are no distractions. In fact, God loves you so much. He simply can't take his eyes off of you. So God's presence is the most positive reality in our lives. And we have the opportunity of enjoying his company every single day. Oh Lord, you have searched me and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise, you perceive my thoughts from afar. So there's nothing more enjoyable to look forward to in 2017 than experiencing God's presence which is available to you every Sunday morning between 10.30 and noon. 
and during regular business hours if you make an appointment. Of course not. God's presence is available anytime and everywhere. But it's not always obvious. And that's why this is a habit that we need to cultivate. Brother Lawrence called this practicing the presence of God. It's all about developing an expectant attitude. In every situation you go into, you expect to find God there. Brother Lawrence experienced God's presence while he was washing dishes and cleaning toilets. We expect to find God in every situation, in the most unlikely places. In Acts 17, 28, we read, In him we live and move and have our being. God promises us in Hebrews 13, 5, Never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. In Matthew 28, 20, Jesus said, I'll be with you always to the very end of the age. And Gary was talking about that with the kids. So we need to go into every situation this year expecting to find God there, to cultivate a heightened sense of awareness that discerns the presence of God in the midst of distractions. And that takes some effort because it's not always obvious. A writer named Abby Strumwall said this, Jesus is like, where's Waldo? He's on every page. Now, I don't know how many of you know about Waldo, your parents or grandparents, you've probably seen the books and shared them with your kids. We did with our kids and grandkids. It's a book where the artist has drawn hundreds of people on every page, and somewhere in the crowd, there's Waldo. And he looks kind of like Josh. Not quite that good looking, but without the goatee, he wears a red and white striped shirt and toque. So he's in there somewhere. I want to show you some examples here. Here's one page, where is Waldo? Not that obvious. You have to look for quite a while. The next one, there he is, there's Waldo. Takes a while to see him. You turn the page and you find another huge scene of a mass of people. This is from history, they're storming a castle. Somewhere in there has to be Waldo. The next one, where is he? Anybody see him? You have to really look. Next one. Ah, there he is. Okay. And so you keep turning the page. Oh my goodness, where would he be? Again and again until you see him. There he is. And again. Yeah, that's not too obvious. Okay, that's good. That's sort of the idea when you're playing Where's Waldo. There's some pages where I haven't even found him yet. But to me, that's exactly how God's presence works in my life. Jesus is like Where's Waldo. He is there on every page. So for us, every day is a new page. And in, on that page, God's presence may not be obvious, it may be difficult to see him, but we keep looking expectantly because we know he's there. We know he's there. Jesus said the Holy Spirit is like the wind. You cannot tell where it comes from or where it's going, but you experience his unmistakable impact. We have to develop 
a sense of awareness for Jesus and for the Holy Spirit. And that's why maybe keeping a journal where you could document daily God sightings can help. I saw God today when I ran into an old friend at the gym or got a phone call from my son or was able to change lanes without to avoid a collision. Yeah, but that's a coincidence. Of course it is because God's nickname is coincidence. And if you do this long enough, you develop an eye for God's sightings. You see things you hadn't noticed before. And you start to live the Psalm 139 experience. Wouldn't it be great to live this year in these verses and just know that he's there all the time? The first aspect of enjoying God is experiencing his company. The second aspect of enjoying God is experiencing his creation. Verse 13 for you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place and when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. We can enjoy God by experiencing his creation. Everything God created is a masterpiece. From the marvels of miniaturization like uh, dragonflies and praying mantis. I mean, it's just brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant. You know, I could watch an octopus for hours. An octopus is more impressive than all of the pieces of art in the Louvre or the Vatican or the British Museum. I don't know why no one ever gave God a Nobel Prize. He is absolutely brilliant. I took a biology course at the university because I needed some lab science credits to graduate, and I didn't realize that I'd actually enrolled in an advanced theology course because I spent the whole semester looking through a microscope lost in wonder and worship. I, this is amazing. Has anybody seen this? This is like flying over an alien planet. Cells contain entire ecosystems. The colors and the, the contours are incredible. It's awesome. You almost forget to breathe. God's creation is so absolutely mind-boggling. You know, we all have discretionary time. We can play hours of computer games until our eyes can't focus. We can spend our time at a shopping mall until we're drained and exhausted and deeper in debt. We can text and tweet and Google and Facebook because if you want entertainment, there's an app for that. But if you want to enrich your life, there's an ape for that. And it's at the Calgary Zoo, it's the baby gorilla. I tell you, you watch that thing and you realize, God, you are incredible. How do you come up with these ideas? This is amazing. I go to the zoo every week because I want to experience God's creation. For my money, a zoo or a safari is the closest we can come to experience what once was paradise. How did God think of all these incredible animals? The variety, the, the majestic mountain goat, the hypnotic stare of the great gray owl, the playful exuberance of the newborn red pandas. It is truly a worship experience and I somehow don't get that at a mall. Creation is so therapeutic. 
so absolutely therapeutic because it's a God sighting. This is his art gallery. Romans 1.20 says, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature are clearly seen being understood from what has been made. And his greatest work is you. You are the ultimate masterpiece of design and development. I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. Do you ever praise God for the way he created you and put you together? You're not perfect, but you are a masterpiece. It's amazing. You know, the most brilliant people in our society will study anatomy for 10 years and then become a specialist in their understanding of one part of the body that's no bigger than a grapefruit. In fact, they'll spend the rest of their lives learning even more about the complexity of four inches of God's creation. Four inches of an infinite, expanding universe. Verse 17, how precious to me are your thoughts, O God. How vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. Wow. To expose yourself to the experience of God's creation is a worship experience. Enjoying God is a habit that we need to cultivate by recognizing the opportunities that we have to enter into his company and to experience his creation. And there's one more thing. Okay, God, now that I have your attention, there's something I've been meaning to talk to you about. Verse 19. If only you would slay the wicked, O God. Away from me, you bloodthirsty men. What? What's going on here? We were talking about the wonder of God's creation and now you want to kill somebody? Do you ever notice that when you're focused on God, all of a sudden, your attention is hacked by some angry emotion or frustrating memory, some unresolved conflict? We interrupt this worship service with a, mess from, with a message from Osama bin Laden Jr. If only you would slay the wicked, O God, away from me, bloodthirsty men. They speak of you with evil intent. Your adversaries misuse your name. Do I not hate those who hate you, O Lord, and abhor those who rise up against you? I have nothing but hatred for them. I count them my enemies. Well, what do you think about that? You can't really enjoy God when you're obsessed with all the evil in the world, can you? But in the midst of this flare-up of self-righteous inflammation, David recovers his balance because in verse 23 he says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Instead of fuming about the sins of all those terrible people, David realizes that he also needs forgiveness. Just as much as they do. So God, if you're doing something about evil in the world, start with me. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. My heart is part of the problem. 
I have anxious thoughts. I am guilty of offensive ways. The third opportunity we have to enjoy God is to experience his cleansing. Because if we harbor sin, if we make excuses, if we blame others, if we postpone repentance, it will sabotage our ability to appreciate and worship God. If you want to enjoy God, you have to come clean. You can't be morally schizophrenic. You have to be the same person at your computer as you are at church. Netflix is not a halt pass from being holy. If we grieve the Holy Spirit, if we resist and quench the Spirit, it will spoil our joy. If we want to enjoy God, we have to come clean. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. That invitation takes the whole issue of divine surveillance even further. We've gone from you know when I sit down and when I, when I rise in verse 2 to search me and know my heart in verse 23. What I notice here is that David is obviously very comfortable in God's presence. There's no anxiety, no awkwardness, and above all, nothing to hide. God, search my heart. Go ahead. Look for it. If you find something, let me know. You've got to clean it out. David is thoroughly enjoying God's presence. Is that still possible? Well, it's not only possible, but 2017 is going to provide you with opportunities every single day to experience God's company and his creation and also his cleansing. This is another healthy habit of spiritual formation that transforms us into the image of Christ. Father, we thank you that you have committed yourself to be with us. That you are there every single day, moment by moment. We thank you, Lord, that you are the one who uh, created us. You're the one who gives us the opportunity to enjoy everything you've made. And you're the one who offers us forgiveness and cleansing. Father, thank you that every day of this new year, we can experience those things that enable us to enjoy you. And we pray that we would be mindful of this that we would come back to this psalm often and remind ourselves this is what it means to enjoy God. We thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen.